Here's my usual intro, which is never a usual intro. One of my own songs I've recently written. So I have, um, uh, <laughs> what's that one called? Bended Knee is the, the song that I wrote that's called Bended Knee. Anyways, uh, what if I gave you a million dollars? There's a guy named Eliyahu Goldrat who actually I just looked up today because I was always, I'm always looking for quotes to begin all my blogs that I write at dentistryunplugged.com. And uh, I always have like to have a saying. So Eliyahu Goldrat uh, says that gold luck is when opportunity meets preparation, when bad luck is when lack of preparation meets reality. The guy himself, interesting enough, talks, he's well known for uh, running some successful factories, but more importantly about finding efficient ways to run those factories. He's authored many books and is now recognized as a leader and efficiency and helping people make widgets quicker. And the bottom line is he looks for, you can only basically from the gist of what I read at Wikipedia, you're only as fast as the component in your um, widget making factory that slows you down. So if you have a mechanical piece that prevents you from going faster, everything up until that process can be really fast, but if you have that one thing that slows you down, you can't continue to progress and reduce your costs and profit. Interestingly enough, Gary Vaynerchuk actually published something about people recently that I liked, um, and it reminds me of how uh, he says even the key people at your organizations may be stopping you from progressing. So I find often that it's a CFO that gets in the way of things that are progressing. They say, you can't try these new ideas because we're going to lack profit. And instead of letting talented people actually drive the business further, they're so hung up on what's happened in the past, they don't let things progress. So kudos to Gary Vaynerchuk about his talk about firing some of the most important people. I like to present it that way as well when I get into my discussions. But here's the thing, um, and it has nothing to do with my blog, my blog today. What if I gave you a million dollars? So today I get inspired because every morning something always happens that makes me think of what I'm going to write about. And I usually on the side of the road and I have to start writing down some notes. But today uh, I got a text this morning and uh, around 5 a.m. and the guy says, I can't sleep. And I'm always up at the time. So I'm like, okay, well, I text him back. Well, welcome to my world. Are you up early to pee like me? Oh, the joys of getting old. LOL, he says. No, I'm stressing about work. I'm starting to hate this whole thing. Seems like I'm always bleeding money. Equipment I just bought recently is breaking and needing to be replaced. And uh, it's a sterilizer, but uh, I also think, you know, I've had this exact same story in my 73,000 hours in this business that their Cavitron, their handpiece, their x-ray, their panoramic x-ray, their sensor, their endomotor, a computer, some software. And the guy says, you know, it's not fair that my sterilizer broke. It's only about 10 years old. Hmm. So I start to think to myself, as a businessman, 
that thing has generated you for the $10,000 that you invested in it 10 years ago, you've generated in 10 years a gross income. I know there's way more to it, but you've generated $10 million. You've put through somewhere in the vicinity of several thousand cycles. And I started applying that same principle to a lot of the pieces of equipment. And most businessmen would be very happy with the return on that. It works out to be for that particular example, as an overall cost to the clinic, it was 0.05% of the cost of producing the gross income over the 10 years. So as a businessman, I'm thinking it's a pretty good return on the investment. So I keep thinking to myself, if you're going to be a dentist and you want to own a business, you need to learn businesses and why corporations are starting to buy them. If everything works well, they're going to own the one third of clinics that are actually running really well and profitable by buying them at probably in my opinion, a fair market valuation now. They were able to take advantage for the last few years and get some really good deals in dentistry. Um, but along with the deals comes the stress. So as an experienced dental practice and business evaluator, I've heard this many times over my career about the bleeding money thing. And I've learned much more over the last decade as an investor. I've co-owned a business and I understand what it means to be bleeding money. If you want to really see what bleeding money feels like, invest several hundred thousand dollars into a small business like a restaurant or a bakery. Imagine the hours of a restaurant owner or a baker. I'm just going to focus on baker because that's what I co-owned. So imagine the hours of that baker getting up and working every day from 3 a.m. until 5 p.m. And after that, working on the accounting and management. Imagine having to work seven days a week, six days of baking and keeping your store open. And on the Sabbath, you're out heading to the store, working with suppliers, estimating what products you need for the rest of the week. If you happen to get that wrong, that product actually expires and no longer tastes good. So you better damn well get it right. You even have to look at the weather forecast and understand how many people may actually come into your bakery this week for product when there's a blizzard being called for tomorrow and everything's going to melt the day after. You need to know so imagine a day when a blizzard hits, your entire inventory is now a donation. Imagine after working 80-hour work weeks, you get to pay or bleed money to the tune of a couple thousand dollars out of your other household income for the privilege of doing this. <clears throat> and then after two years in business, that fridge you bought that had a one-year warranty quits working. And then all the several hundred thousand dollars you invested, you decide to shut it down. Now that's what I call bleeding money. So what if I gave you a million dollars? I've got some caveats. I'm going to give you a million dollars, but you don't get to keep the million dollars for about five to seven years. You have to maintain the value. I'm going to pay you a small percentage to maintain that value. So five to 15%. And you also have the option to be the full-time manager. You can pay yourself to be the manager and you actually can pay yourself according to the rise in the investment. So the type of work you do to manage that money, it's actually possible with this investment that I'm giving you, this gift, that you could possibly pay yourself two hundred to $400,000 a year managing this money, working depending on what you want to do. The super bonus at the end is you can, that's also reflective of your hard work. Maybe you can also get paid 
the million dollars plus another 50% bonus plus the money you paid yourself going all along. You have to be committed and you can't walk away. If you walk away early, you're responsible for any difference in value and I can guarantee you if you give up too soon, it's going to be worth less and you're going to owe me some money. But I'm going to sit there. I'm going to help you with my 35 years of experience of managing money and I also in my own investment portfolios enjoy 15, 20% a year. So in my entire life, nobody, nobody's ever offered this gift to me. Nobody's ever offered to finance me, give me a million dollars and allow me to go and invest it and make them money while paying me at the same time. Some people actually consider that gift a curse and they'll give it to somebody else to manage. They will take that after a few years and give it to someone else and take their lumps at a discounted value after all the hard work they put in. Other people take that gift after they've long paid it off and and earned it and they give it for a reduced value to somebody else and they still continue to help that person get those 5 to 15% returns. Then there's a few people that learn from incredible mentors. They take the advice and they continue to improve and grow that $1 million into major multiples. So if I give you that million dollars, do we have a deal? And that's why the people who understand the business want you to work for them. A success rate of our business, the success rate of a dental clinic is in the high 90% multiple, in the high 90% percentile. While the average small business owner, like a bakery, is closed within a few years. So which business would you rather earn and how much money are you actually bleeding Bleeding money means you actually do not pay yourself. You have nothing to take home. There's no equity in the business and you lose your entire investment. So for your own information, the bakery that I co-own, I believe it would have made it. I was willing to continue to invest because in the startup years, you're going to have that. You're going to be servicing loans. That's cash flow. That's going to give you a positive return in the long run. No different than the portfolio I managed when I was buying Facebook and Apple and Google and Amazon in the early years, even to today, they can go up and down quite dramatically, but I keep investing and overall my investments have paid some very nice dividends. My investor or my co-owner at the time, my partner, didn't have the same vision as I did about running the operation and continued to growth and investing in expanding the product lines, blah, 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 blah. And then ultimately, uh, divorce was part of that at the end of it. And you don't expect that. So when you make certain investments, you don't expect that kind of a bad news. Anyways, the bigger the investment, the bigger the risk and the bigger the return. At the end of the day, for the 250, 300,000 I was looking to ultimately invest after cash flow was considered, my net would have been approximately 30% of that with the co-owner having to do a lot of the hard work. So it wasn't anywhere relative to our business where you're tending to get 40 to 50% or more as a return on your investment, where most small businesses are happy to work for 25 or 30%. So many business owners fail to recognize the full value of their business until many years into ownership. It's kind of like a mortgage on a house. You have ownership and you have a to pay to own that. So 
I've always thought when I buy real estate, if I buy a house that's worth a million and the market is stable and, and it looks like everything's going up three to 5% a year, not crazy, but a nice average return and, and there's good jobs. Basically, if the in principle, the neighborhood looks good, the house should continue to go up in value. If I put a million dollars into it today, it should go up to 1 million and 30,000 next year, 1 million and then compounded over the years. It's going to continue to go up in value. I have to remember that I have to maintain it, keep it looking good, keep it competitive. So that's an expense. But it's also a reinvestment into my property. You do it if you own a home. And you do it if you own a business. But for some reason, we tend to look at our businesses where we actually get the cash flow to pay for our homes differently than our real estate investments. So eventually you gain equity and over time you will own that place. You're going to own that house. Yet right around the time that you own it, boom, you have a water heater to replace or the central heating system or the entire roof. It's 25 years old. You just got it paid off and now you have to dump another, you know, 15% of the value back into it if you haven't been already doing it over the years. You can do it a little at a time or you can do it as one major investment. You spent so many years slaving to service that debt and you've paid up to 50% of your take-home earning to have the investment paid in 25 to 30 years. And that business you own is similar. So that million dollars I gave you earlier, it's yours to keep, but you have to work for it. If you do it right, and you apply good business principles, it could be worth 50% more, and you may have even paid yourself dividends along the way. This is if you understand and learn efficiency and the value of your time and how to run a business. The option I'll give you is to let me give you the million dollars, and you can work for me. I'll pay you a percentage of all the revenue that we generate out of that million dollars. I'll take care of the business end. I'll manage the profit. I'll negotiate with our suppliers. I'll keep the business running tight. I get to keep all the returns. You just get paid to do the labor, the hard part actually. And I'm going to try to teach you how to do twice as much in the same amount of time without even having to be stressed out. I'm just going to give you a new material that's going to help you work faster and more efficiently. And my fee guide stays the same. We just have twice as many patients coming through and they have a better patient experience. And with my marketing efforts and asking them to help us out with the marketing, we're going to have twice as many people in the chairs to help keep those chairs full. So I'll be busy incorporating the efficiencies and that's what time factors is. Time factors will help your business see more patients in less time. I'll invest in the marketing and I'll invest in the patient experience that'll keep the chairs full. The fee guide is fantastic since it's paying more or less a fixed rate on the service. And in other words, if the dentistry occurs in the same amount of time as I said in my example, the cost to supply that service is capped because I'm paying you by the hour or the team, I pay them by the hour or a fixed rate for the month. And for your services, I just pay you for when you're busy. I'm going to pay you 40% of that service, regardless if you're doing two in an hour or one an hour. You're, you could, I'm going to help you make more money by showing you time factors. You will be happy working for me because I'm going to show you how to get the production. You may not like to see twice as many people in the same amount of time, um, but I think you will because the patients will be leaving with smiles. They like to be there for half the amount of time. You're going to be generating twice as much income. If I can maintain my support labor at a roughly 25% of overhead 
and I keep all the rent paid, the electric and heat. I negotiate properly on my rent, you know, keep my, keep that down on the 4%. I keep my supplies down around the 6%. And I'm not worried about supplies because the supplies that I'm showing you are going to help you generate twice as much labor profit. So that's why I keep my overhead for a team down to 20 to 25%. And I'm not afraid to pay you 40% because your talent and my, my uh, supplies that I give you create an incredible outcome. I get everything else down to 15%. So on that million bucks I gave you, I'm going to make 150 grand a year. And I'll take 10 of those, please. So as an investor, it's a safer and better bet than any other investments. I have some control over that investment. I, tomorrow, as an early investor in the FANG stops, I can't control, I don't have enough money to be a multi-billion dollar owner of those corporations and an activist investor. I only own a small portion of Facebook, and if something goes wrong, I have no control over that. I can't control if Apple comes out with a 5G phone tomorrow. I just have to have faith that the people who are running the companies are going to continue to do a good job. At least when I own my own business, I have some control over the decisions that are made and how efficient it runs and how to trim costs and keep it running efficiently. So the, And I also have the security of a physical asset, like you have a mortgage on a house. You actually own some dirt. So you can control it. And you know what? I'm good at what I do. Using the business principles, I'll actually double the production while keeping my fixed cost, my fixed cost fixed, you know? So before you know it, all of a sudden I'm getting 20% a year on my million dollars. And the value of my million dollars keeps increasing because we're going from 1 million to 1.1 million to 1.3 million. And over the five to seven years that I gave you the gift of the million, it has doubled in price. It's now $2 million in the bank. I get to keep that as well. The returns are all mine to keep. Do you understand why it's important to understand the business principles? So here's the thing. We're in this together. The beautiful thing of our business is that there's an abundance of help that's available to get you into position to realize a profit and a lifestyle. Very few of the reps like myself that sell dental supplies that are cotton roll brokers understand how to get clinics running efficiently. For an ever decreasing percentage of the product you always need to buy, the opportunity, uh, the opportunity that a guy like myself can offer can be the difference in whether you get a full night's sleep and feel secure in your investment. If you want to stop waking up in the middle of the night, there's a guy you can add to your team that's maybe going to cost you 6% uh, dental supply costs, who's going to give you dental supplies that are going to make you more money, who's going to teach you techniques, who's going to help your business run more efficiently. And it's a little bit more than the mail order company that offers no particular support. So your 1% difference in your overall overhead, let's say you're a million dollars, you're going to be paying them 1% of that million dollars to get this type of support. It's a pretty incredible and small fee to pay in order to have the backup of a type of person like that. There aren't very many, by the way. Most of them are better off to get your supplies reduced cost from mail order. But there are some very talented people who are willing to help you for that same business. So I want to talk about a race to the bottom. And this is a full 
second blog that I'm going to write because in our business, I feel like we are in a race to the bottom. If we can't deliver the message of the value that dental suppliers, particular dental suppliers bring, then we're going to end up at the bottom. And guys like myself and consultants and people who actually understand deeply the business of dentistry are going to go and chase other careers. So in an upcoming blog, I'm going to talk about the race to the bottom. If our industry doesn't start to grasp the concept of profit relative to the service and constant improvement, healthcare and dentistry is going to suffer. Because without profit, there's no incentive to become better. All of a sudden, you're owned by a corporation that's grinding down the fees that they pay to dentists from 40% to 35 to 30 to 25 in order to make a profit instead of actually finding a way to become a better dentist and offer more services and reduce the amount of chair time, we're going to end up racing to the bottom. Remember, without profit, there's little incentive to work harder or to be better. If we don't pay attention to the business of dentistry, somebody else is going to do it and we'll all be racing to the bottom. Going back to the beginning, Eliyahu Goldratt quoted that good luck is when opportunity meets preparation. When bad luck uh, is when bad, uh, when lack of preparation meets reality. So let's work together to keep our businesses profitable and succeed from ever racing to the bottom. Thank you for checking out my podcast today. You can find me at dentistryunplugged.com and uh, I'm going to check you in a few weeks when I have my uh, Race to the Bottom podcast available.